But what I want to do this afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, is, is just to continue uh, the conversation uh, and talk about London beauty and space. Not concepts, despite uh, the earlier speakers, we immediately associate with the city. In fact, if you look back at the literature of London, by far the greatest creative effort uh, has been in describing the horror uh, of this city. Uh, from William Blake's dark satanic mills, which were not the northern industrial cities, but in fact Southwark, uh, to William Cobbett's Great Wen to my personal favourite, uh, Sir Charles Trevelyan's account of London as a whited sepulchre, a gigantic laboratory of corruption and crime. Um, and if we're frank, London does not rate along some of the other world cities in terms of majestic public spaces. We are not a Paris, a Washington, a New Delhi or a Pretoria. Which is all to the good, for this is a city, as Soteri has said, of organic incremental change, which has not suffered too badly from the grandiose ambitions of a state dictator or an all-powerful city boss. It was, uh, as Boris pointed out, Wren's ambition uh, to reformulate London entirely on neoclassical uh, lines. But London is not a monumental city, nor is it a beautiful city. It is an elegant city, and from our royal parks to the inns of court, from our urban high streets to our suburban parades, from our heaths to our market squares, London's public spaces have evolved in a local, democratic and frequently idiosyncratic manner. And as you set to work on reviving some of these sites and designing new ones, the lesson I want to draw from history briefly this afternoon is the central importance of both local civic leadership and strategic support from the centre, and to have an ideological commitment to pavement politics and public space from the mayor doesn't seem to me uh, to get much better than that.